0: We'll stand together this morning. Somebody give him a hand this morning.
1: me with a melody, and you surround me with a song, and of deliverance from my enemies, until all my fears are gone, and I'm no longer a slave. Child of God, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh, I
2: am a child.
1: Oh, I am a child of God.
0: God, we thank you so much that you made a way when there didn't seem to be a way that you split the sea so we could walk right through it. And you met us there. that the things we once were held to and bound by were destroyed on the cross. It always comes back to, we're thankful for the cross, and we're thankful for the resurrection and what that means for us as believers. Let's never forget the price that you paid for us. So we no longer have to be slaves to our sin and fear but we can stand with confidence and say we are children of God we pray and we believe this we ask this in Jesus name and everybody said amen
3: how many people were um, how many people walked outside this morning and thought man who turned on the air conditioner it's I uh, I had no idea I wasn't on top of the weather forecast and I opened the door and I thought it's cold now It's not as cold that the 930 crowd had it a little bit more difficult. It's went up about six degrees outside uh, Feels like fall in the air at least it did when I came in and uh, we're so glad that you're here uh, We are so glad to be able to to be together again. We're so glad to be able to to worship um, Together and uh, we are uh, glad that you'd be here last week. We started a sermon and a sermon series, and we begin to look at all the things that, and all the uncertainty that's going on in, in our world right now, and we started to examine uh, the idea that it's in His hands. And uh, if you were here last week, you got to hear my amazing um, singing. Uh, and as as we begin, and I won't do it again this week because I think we had a few people not come back uh, because of that. Uh, but growing up we uh, in in kids church or it wasn't kids church back then it was uh, just Sunday school and uh, or during vacation Bible school we sang a song that simply said he's got the whole world in his hands and um, and as a little child you, you don't really think about that but as you as you get older you begin to realize that there are going to be times that, that you think that uh, Maybe he's not in control. And so last week, we began to, to look at the disciples, and we begin to look at how that, know, that they were facing some uncertain times. And as we continue to, to navigate through some uncertain times in our lives right now, there's times that it seems like the bad guys are winning. But in those times, we know that God is still working. The Bible is filled with story after story and nations after nations who were facing uncertain times. But even though they were uncertain times, God was still certain. We looked into the the uncertainty that the disciples had. I mean, here are these guys. They are close to Jesus. If anyone should have been able to have certainty, if anyone should have been able to understand and realize that Jesus and God was there. It should have been these guys. They were walking with him every day. But they were uncertain. We begin to ask ourselves the question, is God trustworthy? Can we trust him? And the answer to that is, yes, you can trust him. In the midst of all the chaos... In the midst of all the uncertainty, you can trust Him. And so today I want to look at another aspect. I want to look at a four-letter word. That four-letter word is hope. Hope. Psalm chapter 33 verse 22 says this, May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. And the question that I'm going to ask over and over this morning is how do we maintain hope in what seems to be a hopelessly broken world? How many of you have ever placed your hope in something or someone and you've been let down? Anybody? Of course. We all have. I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, I'm sure that at one point or another in our life, we've been disappointed in something or in someone We've been disappointed in the outcome of something. Maybe it was a person. You thought they were your best friend. You thought that they would walk beside you through the good times and the bad times. You thought that they would never let you down. Maybe it was a spouse. And maybe you stood at the altar and said, until death do us part. And it was actually until I find somebody else. In that moment, in those moments... There is a a sense of helplessness that sets in. There's a sense of hopelessness that takes over. And you begin to ask yourself the question, how do I maintain hope in love? How do I, I maintain hope in people? How do I maintain hope in relationships? How do you have hope in what seems to be a hopelessly broken world? maybe some of you you could have been promised something at work maybe a promotion or a raise and, and you did your part you actually you went the second mile you placed your hope in that job you placed your hope in that opportunity and it didn't happen in that moment you find yourself in a state of hopelessness and you begin to ask yourself internally why should i even try How do you have hope in what seems to be a hopelessly broken world? I love baseball. If you've been around here at all, if this is your first time, this will be one of many baseball stories. I love baseball. And it was something that I played from the time I was young. And honestly, it was something that I was pretty good at. When I was in high school, my hope was in my ability. I thought, I'm going to get a scholarship. I'm going to get my college paid for. I'm not going to still owe a lot of money 20 years after I graduate. Guess what? I still do. Because I had no idea what was about to happen. Something happened about 10 games into my senior season, an injury that, that it was beyond my control. It was my senior year. It changed everything. I finished high school in a a wheelchair. My hopes came crashing down around me. I was depressed. I had a sense of hopelessness. God, how could this happen? I was so close. But you see, I had placed my hope in something here. Here. How do you maintain hope in what seems to be a hopelessly broken world? Maybe you had a high expectations for a son or a daughter, only to have them get with the wrong crowd. And they went down a path that, that, that you would have never have imagined them going down. And you look at them, and it seems like that the situation is Hopeless. How do you maintain hope in what seems to be a hopelessly broken world? Most of us have found ourselves even asking the question, why even try? Why even go on? What's the point of loving people when they treat me this way? What's the point of committing to people only when their commitment doesn't mean anything? What's the point of investing years into a company when in the end they're only concerned about themselves? Most of us have asked that question. How do I maintain hope in a world that seems to be hopelessly broken? Well, let's start by asking the question, what is hope? A good working definition of hope is this. Hope is the person or thing in which your expectations are Are centered in other words many times our hope is in a relationship our hope is in a company our hope is in our profession our hope is in our ability and we center our expectations and and in something we put our hope in something here now the reality is, is we really only think about the word hope when? When we feel hopeless. When we start to realize that the thing or the person that we have centered our expectations upon isn't meeting our expectations. And we begin to think it's not going to happen for me. We'll never have children. I'll never get married. I'm gonna be 40 and living in my mom's basement. I'm not making any eye contact. I'm not going to be able to retire when I wanted to. And when we begin to experience the free fall of our expectations in those moments, how do we remain hopeful? How do we go on? How do we keep trying? When we open up the Bible and and begin to read from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we are told over and over and over again to place our hope not in things of this world, but in God. The God who allows us to call Him Father. The God who tells us to place all of our hope not in anything here, but in our relationship with Him. In the New Testament, we find a, a book written from Paul to Timothy. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, he says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. But to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. You see, we often think, listen, if I save enough money, or if I work really hard overtime and and, and all of these things, and and that if I do that, everything will just work out. Paul tells Timothy, he said, tell these people, tell the wealthiest. Tell the most successful people. To be careful. Tell them not to put their hope in those things. Why? Because they will fail you. And to be honest, we are taught from a very early age that it makes it extremely difficult not to place our hope in things. We have been taught that if we study really hard and we have the, the right education things will be okay. If we're good looking enough, things will be okay. If we know the right people, things will be okay. If we marry the right person, things will be okay. If we stay away from drugs, things will be okay. We do everything we can to place our hope in things that we can control. And God is telling us through His Word I don't care how smart you are, I don't care how much money you have, I don't care who you know. At some point, we are going to realize that we live in a hopelessly broken world. At some point, we're going to realize that we cannot place our hope in stuff. We cannot place our hope in things. We cannot place our hope in people. Romans chapter 8. Romans can be very confusing at times. When I was in Bible college, uh, one of the classes that I dreaded the most, partly because of the teacher, partly because of the material because it was hard, was the book of Romans. But today, for the rest of our time together, I'm going to to look at and try to break down a a passage in the book of Romans chapter 8. It's in Romans chapter 8 that Paul begins to explain where our hope should be. Paul tells us that our hope cannot be in anything in this world. Why? Because it's all temporary. He refers back to the book of Genesis, to the fall of man, when sin entered the world. And we think of sin as as something that we do. I have people ask me all the time, well, is this a sin? Is that a sin? Can I do this or can I do that? Why is that? Because we view sin as an incident, but the Bible does not. Sin is a disease. A disease that is toxic. A disease that is fatal. Sin impacts everything. Because of sin, everything that lives will eventually die. Sin has polluted and corrupted everything around us. That's why it's a a bad decision to put our hope in anything that pertains to this world. In Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 20, it says, For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Paul is saying here, he's saying, listen, the creation was subjected to frustration. Anybody ever been frustrated? How many people were frustrated just trying to get to church this morning? Come on, confession's good for the soul, yes. Yes. You know what that frustration is because? It's because sin entered the world. We are bound to a bondage of decay. Everything in this world is decaying. If you don't believe me, I'm reminded of it every time I go to get out of bed. And I think, man, it's not as easy to get up as it used to be. My body's in decay. I'm reminded of it. And this is just me. You guys are beautiful and in great shape, but this, I'm just preaching to myself. I'm reminded of it every time I look in the mirror and I see black circles, and wrinkles. There's days I get up and say, man, you look old. I see scalp. And no matter how many vitamins I take, no, how, no matter how many miracle Things I buy off of an infomercial. No matter how hard I try. In the end, I'm in bondage to decay. Think about the most amazing person that you know. The most amazing person maybe that you've read about. And when you think about them, you think that person shouldn't die. They should just be called up to glory. A lot of spouses looked at each other. That's you, honey. They've been so good. Paul says, we live in a world that is in bondage to decay because of sin. Over the past several years, I have lost all four of my grandparents. And both sets of grandparents were married for a long time. And they had wonderful, amazing marriages. But the reality is, is, in both couples, one passed away. And the other was left with the question, why does it have to end this way? I'll tell you why. Because through one man, sin entered the world, it messed up everything. It affects every single thing. We live in a world of decay. And many times we want to think we can beat the odds. Paul is saying you can't. We're in bondage and it's frustrating. Listen, more often than not I am frustrated with the way that my body reacts. But I can't beat it. We're in bondage to that kind of frustration. Verse 22 and 23, uh, Paul tells us that because of that, it creates in us the thought that there has to be more. Anybody ever thought that? There's got to be more to life. It creates that thought in us. It creates in us a, a desire to look beyond this life for a world where there is a happily ever after. In verse 24, He says, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? In this passage, in this verse, he is talking to the Christians. He said, when you became a Christian, when you became a follower of Christ, in that moment, you were linked to a story with a much better ending. You were linked to a story that goes beyond this life. And then in verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it. <laughs> How many people like that word? we have any patient people in here? We had one and a half first service. Nobody's patient. Why? It's no fun to Wait. I mean, the drive throughs are too slow, especially now. We have no patience. But this says we wait for it patiently. We hope for a, a place where sin and sorrow and death are no more. A place where the effects of sin are done away with. And if we hope for what we do not yet have... And we wait for it patiently. We can't give up hope. You see, our hope isn't in this world. Our hope cannot be in this life. Why? Because this world, this life will eventually disappoint us. And Paul is saying that as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, you have something to look forward to. You have something to wait for patiently. Verse 26 through 30, he tells us that God understands your frustration. Aren't you thankful for that? He understands your disappointment. He understands that sometimes you hurt so bad that you groan on the inside, and it's in that moment that the Spirit prays for you because you don't even know what to pray. If you have ever hit rock bottom of hopelessness, you know what it's like to lay in the bed at night, stare at the ceiling, be so discontent on the inside and just moan. You know what it's like to understand that sense of being alone. Have I preached anybody into depression yet? It's going to get better. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. What then shall we say in response to these things? Man, I love this. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all? Things. You see, when God becomes the focus of your hope, that's when hope will not disappoint. Skipping down to verse 38, for I'm convinced, and just a side note here, this is Paul. We talked about him a few series ago. This is the same guy who had been thrown in prison. This was the same guy who had been left shipwrecked at sea. This was the same guy who had been beaten. He had experienced it all. And what does he say? I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers shall be able to separate us From the love of Christ Jesus. You know what's wonderful about this? He listed all these things, but you can fill in the blank. Divorce, isolation, job loss, whatever your situation is. He's saying if you want to put your hope in something, if you want to put your hope in something and someone that is secure, someone who will not disappoint Something that you can go to every single time. If you want to remain hopeful in a hopelessly broken world, put your hope in your Heavenly Father. Now, while you're doing that, you're still going to do your best. You're still going to try to live out the kingdom values by loving people who won't love you back. By forgiving people who will not forgive you. By using your talents, your ability, and your skills. By pursuing progress. You're still going to to live out those kingdom values, the things that Christ has put in you. But you cannot place your hope in any of those things. Because at the end of the day, they will disappoint you. Our hope must be in our Heavenly Father. Let me tell you what that means. Pretty simply put, that means when you have a great day, you go to bed that night, and you think, God, this was an awesome day. Thank you. Thank you for this day. But just the opposite. Anybody ever had a bad day? Anybody have a bad day this week? Yeah. So, um, just to let you know that I'm human, I had a bad day this week. The first three weeks of coming back to church, for those in the live stream, and uh, it's been hit and, hit or miss. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a struggle to to make it work. The internet went down one week, and we had problem with. It. So it's just been so we ordered some cords, and um, so the cords showed up. at, I had two things show up, Amazon. How many people love Amazon? How many, so how many people, your postman hates you? They hate us. Actually, they don't because we leave them, sometimes leave them, especially during the Christmas season, you know, we leave them some goodies. But um, So I get here and look at the cord and it said, you know, it was for a particular kind of computer on Amazon. I get it and I start reading it, the instructions, and it's like, nope, it's not for that. So I think, man, I'm losing my mind. I go back on Amazon and look, well, it said it was. So now it's, we're scrambling, trying to find something, you know, locally. I had to go to, to a big box store, I had to curbside pickup from Best Buy. So we went and got it, and then the other cord that we needed, um, it got delayed until Wednesday, and, and then I get a message that says it's been canceled. It's not coming. Scrambling around trying to find something else. Get here and Noah says, hey, do you have a network cable? I said, yeah, I got one on my Jeep. And when I came in, it was beautiful. Beautiful. Blue skies, not a cloud anywhere. I had the tops off the Jeep. And these aren't you know, something you just roll back. I mean, this is, I had the tops off. I get down to the bottom of those steps and I look out. It's pouring the rain. Windows down tops off. So I run and jump in it and shoot down here and pull up under the, the pavilion, that's what we call it. Picnic shelters to Eastern Kentucky, it's a pavilion. Call it what you want. Pull under there and put them back on, and the whole time I'm thinking there's water in my seats, and, and you know how stale water smells, and it was frustrating. But you know what putting your hope in Christ is? When I went to bed that night, as hard as it was, I said, God, this has been a bad day. It's been a terrible day. Nothing went right, but my hope is in you. That's what it means to be able to put your hope in him. We must be able to transfer our hope from our circumstances, from our situations. Transfer that hope to the only person who can sustain our hope through the good and the bad times. So my question to you today is, what have you placed your hope in? Because here's what I know. Whatever you place your hope in will determine whether or not you can remain hopeful in a world where things are hopelessly broken. Where have you placed your hope? What have you centered your expectations around? Here's what I know. If it isn't the unfailing love of God that He demonstrated to us when Jesus was crucified for our sin that placed us into a relationship that regardless of the economy regardless of all the uncertainty regardless of what other people do to you it placed us in a relationship that cannot be broken what can separate us The question that I've been asking over and over again. How we can maintain hope in a hopelessly broken world. The answer to that is that the only way is by placing your hope in the unfailing love of God. And it's my prayer for all of us as we continue to face uncertain times. If you've turned on the news, you'll say, these are some uncertain times. If you scroll through Facebook, you'll admit, these are some uncertain times. What do we do? My prayer is that we will be reminded that as followers of Christ, that we aren't supposed to put our hope here anyway. Now, if you're not a follower of Christ, then you have reason to be hopeless. Because you are not linked to a story that has a better ending. You say, Pastor, that's blunt. It's just the truth. I can look around and I can can hope that things will get better. And man, I do. I can hope that things will turn around. Man, I hope they do. But in spite of what happens on this earth, The only way that our hope can remain strong is to understand and to realize that we have been invited to place our hope in God's unfailing love for us. So what are we going to do? What can we do? We have to put our hope in Him. it's hard it's hard to to look at a world that seems hopeless and remain hopeful with every head bowed this week as I prepared for this sermon it seems like that God's just good this way But I had, as I told you, one of those weeks that seemed hopeless. And so the whole time I was studying and preparing for this, I was having to preach to myself because I'm carnal. Just because I stand up here on this stage behind a microphone and uh, I don't have it all figured out. You may be sitting here this morning and you may say, Pastor, first of all, I've never made a decision to follow him. I've never made a decision to put my hope in something other than what's around me. I've never asked him to be Lord of my life. And I couldn't go any farther along without giving you the opportunity to signify that just by slipping up your hand. Is there anyone here that says, Pastor, I've never made that decision. I've never made a decision to follow him. I can't relate to what you're talking about because I'm not linked to that story. Would there be one? You may be sitting here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm doing my best to follow Christ. I'm trying to to live my life in a way that is pleasing to Him. But man, there are days that I don't want to get out of bed because I have no hope. There are days that I would like to just curl up in a corner somewhere and just disappear. There are days that it seems like that everything is crashing around me and I feel helpless, and I feel hopeless. If that's you, and you feel that way, just slip up your hand. Thank you, thank you. I feel helpless. If you raised your hand, I want you to know that your hope has to be in Him. Your hope has to be vertical, not horizontal. Would there be anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Our hope is built on nothing less than Him. I invite you to stand to your feet. He is our hope in a hopelessly broken world. No matter what your situation, no matter what You're facing right now. No matter what you walked in here with this morning, you can trust Him. You can put your hope in Him. I'm going to pray. And after I pray, Pastor Nick's going to sing. I've had people ask me over the last two or three weeks, can I come to the altar? I'll tell you, we have a big altar. You can spread out. If you need to come to this altar or you want to come to this altar, come on. But God wants to touch you. And even if you didn't raise your hand, I know that this is something that we all struggle with. Staying hopeful in a hopelessly broken world. I'm going to pray. Nick's going to sing. You can pray and sing at your seat. You can come down here and stand. You can come and kneel. You can kneel at your seat. But take some time. to place your hope in the only one who can sustain that. Father, I come before you this morning. God, I'm thankful for your promise that when all else fails, God, you're faithful. And God, for those here this morning that God including myself that sometimes we struggle and we get our hope on things and on people as opposed to you. God help us every day to place our hope in you because you'll never fail us. You'll never let us down. You will go with us. God, let us know that we can trust you. Father, I love you. I praise you. In the name of Jesus. Let's sing a chorus together.